Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I'm Jay Warmke. And I'm Annie Warmke. You are indeed. And today we're going to talk about solar cookers with uh, Luther Kruger. But before Luther gets a chance to speak, Annie, you're going to jump in. Yeah, right? because this is <laughs> one of my most passionate things that I have brought from my life for 30 years, really. Um, so I, I already told Luther the first part of the story. So I was in China with UN Women's Forum, 40,000 women, all of us kick-ass women. Mm -hmm. And um, and I wanted to go to the solar cooker uh, talk. And it was like my main focus out of hundreds and hundreds of places I could have gone. And uh, so anyway, so I get there and there's all this excitement because these two women in beautiful traditional African dress are screaming uh, in the middle of this hog field because they hadn't seen each other in 35 years and suddenly they're in the tent together. But that wasn't the most exciting thing. Um, so what ended up happening was these women that were giving the talk were from Trinidad and Tobago and the electric company there had tried to take the land of many, many people. And, uh, and so when the people wouldn't give up their, their tribal lands, their traditional land, that their ancestors had owned for a long time. So the electric company cut off the electricity. So the United States Rotary sent these boxes, these folded down boxes that were solar cookers and, and they sent hundreds of them. And so these women that were teaching the class um, had gone around and tried to show women how to, re, how to use the boxes, how to uh, get the most production out, but it meant they were going to have to change their recipes because you don't fry food in a solar cooker. And so the women thought it was great conversation, like work of art that sat in the corner of the room. But then, and this was the part that changed everything I did after this in terms of my organizing, social justice things, and my life, really. They said, we found out if we showed the women how to build the box, they would use it. And that's what they did. And they held off from the electric company and they ended up winning. Uh, okay. So solar cookers changed your life. So Luther, you tell us how solar <laughs> cookers have changed your life. Okay. Um, and, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, uh, thanks for having me. I've always been uh, interested in the environment since I was a kid. Uh, actually spent uh, my junior high years in Bowling Green, Ohio, uh, in this mm -hmm. early 70s. After I think the last time they put out the fire on the Cuyahoga River, uh, that wow. kind of uh, stuff got me into the environment. I was really concerned about the world. And uh, fast forward to a different life, different career. And uh, I started to collect solar cookers just because I thought it was a cool thing to do. And as I did the research, as uh, Annie mentioned, Solar Cookers International has all sorts of information on the various uh, worldly ills that solar cookers can cure. And uh, so I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to get into it a little deeper. And I got to the point where I had over 80 cookers in my collection and people coming to my solar brunches where I was just promoting it locally said, uh, geez, you got a regular museum here. And so darn it, it's a museum. And wow, uh, from that's that so point, cool. <laughs> yeah. and then I thought, well, I got to start using this theater major I got 30 years ago. And and then COVID hit. I'd been to the Solar Cookers Conference in Portugal in 2020, just before the pandemic was declared. So I squeaked that in and uh, met a fellow there, uh, Michael Bonke, who has a podcast, SunPod, 
Electric.de. Wonderful podcast about alternative energy, electric cars, and a, a huge focus on solar cooking. And I thought, I got to do that here, and I'm going to do a video. His is an audio uh, podcast. And, and he encouraged me to do so because he said, okay, now with the pandemic, I was hoping to get to the States and continue my, my uh, recordings there, but now it's going to be on you. <laughs> so I answered the call and road trip in October, September, October of 2020. Uh, COVID, masking up where needed, doing it outside where we could be distant, where we didn't need masks, and uh, about 16, 17 conversations recorded later, I was hooked on using that to start gathering the history of solar cooking around the world. Uh, that was particularly in the States, but I've since expanded to Zoom calls with uh, people all over the world. Um, for for me, it's just uh, several reasons, personal reasons, of course. I don't want to pay the power companies any more than I have to for the energy that I use. Uh, I have gas to my home, but I also have six kilowatts of electricity uh, panels on my roof. Um, and so uh, the solar cooking really helps me connect with the environmental folks in this uh, region as well. Uh, Minneapolis Climate Action, for instance, uh, I contribute a solar cooker as a door prize to their fundraisers. Um, so uh, it's, it's just been a great way to finally get into participating in the environmental causes without having to know that much, you know, uh, you might know a little bit of physics to know mm -hmm. how solar cookers work, but really once you see one work, you know, when you feel the sun beating down on you, you know, okay, that's energy. Let's put it in a box and cook something. So, well, why don't you, uh, why don't we back up a little bit and just explain to folks what exactly is a solar cooker? Cause, sure. cause I know we're familiar with it, but other people may be going, well, I don't know what they're talking about. Sure. So, well, and, uh, uh, talking about, you know, you can't fry things in a, in a solar cooker, you know, that the, there are different types of solar cookers, some of which uh, are like slow cookers, panel cookers, or they're just reflectors that reflect onto a pot and you do some kind of heat trap thing. Maybe you put right. a, a Pyrex bowl over it or an oven bag, a turkey bag uh, over it. Well, we call those the ovens and I, yeah. I misspoke. I should have said oh, solar no. it's a, it's It's a matter, it's partly branding. You know, oven, you put a turkey or, or bread in the oven, but you want to fry, you want to stir fry, you got to put it on the stove top or in the barbecue. Right, right. So it's almost, it's also, it's a little bit of semantics. It's no big deal. Um, but there's, uh, there's probably about five or six really different configurations now uh the original ones as you probably recall from that conference andy is uh you know the panel cookers box cookers where it's just a box with a with a glass lid over it maybe some extra reflectors and uh, it was just plastic it was yeah. a kit that came and i gave them as wedding gifts to my to my kids of my friends for and it turned out to be an incredible gift it just pushed people but they were just cardboard boxes with a reflector and an absorber and that was it yeah when it does the job and uh these days if people really are impatient they get a parabolic cooker which is just like a yeah. satellite dish some of them are a meter and a half or larger and uh, they can stir fry they can do some really high heat cooking uh, some people have uh, gutted the rear projection tvs that maybe get uh, dumped in their yes. alley or, well, those, or wherever and take out hot. the fresnel yes. lens <laughs> yeah um, yeah but uh and but it's an exciting time to be involved with solar cooking now because there's so many new developments uh one of the big uh objections to solar cooking is well when the sun isn't out you can't cook well technically 
not right then and there, but you can cook to the point where you can put it into a hay basket. Uh, you can put like a pot of beans mm-hmm. and once it's boiling for 10, 20 minutes, put it in the hay basket, it'll cook for another two or three hours. So you can cook mm-hmm. after the sun sets if you've had that on a parabolic, for instance, or in the so beans. I, 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 a hay basket is basically <laughs> what, a box that's uh, insulated with hay. So you're yep. just retaining now, all that's of That's an hay. antique. That's a really old fashioned oh, way yes. of solar, uh, not solar, but thermal mass. Yep. But I, I, I wanted to say too, that uh, one of the things I realized because I used to have a lot of different uh, options for solar ovens because I would teach class on how to build one. And sure. so uh, we put them out when we had a tour and we'd have little thermostats or thermometers in each one just to demonstrate. And on a cloudy day, at some point I realized, wait, it'll get to a hundred degrees even though it's cloudy. And so we would still put cookies in and get them warm and people would be shocked. So it was oh, yes. a great, a great way. And, and that's the thing, you know, people can be very inventive with reuse and repurposing uh, because the sun's so powerful. It doesn't take much like a tire with a window over it. Um, one time I was at a conference and I was teaching about solar cooking and I told the guy who was very passionate about it. Now, listen, I'm bringing an inner tube and a window but don't pump up the tire tube too much because it'll blow up. And he said, okay. So he went off to get it ready. And all of a sudden there was the most horrible explosion. Oh, no. <laughs> Fortunately, the window did not get broken and nobody injured, but it was powerful juju. Well, I think some of the knowledge, once you understand the principles behind a solar cooker, we've been talking about in, in a disaster situation, let's say there's a hurricane or a tornado or something like that. And, and you know, our government has demonstrated time and time again, they're not going to show up necessarily, right? Um, you're, you're kind of going to be on your own. And we were discussing, um, you know, solar cooker technology. People are sitting around going, I don't have any water. I don't have any clean water to drink. And, and um, well, you get a solar cooker. You, yeah, you, you get some water, water. You you run the water through a bunch of sand to get the particulates out, and then you pasteurize it in in a solar cooker. It can be a tire and a broken window, and you know that's that kind of you can MacGyver your way to uh, survival there. Oh, absolutely! Well, I, I recall. I remember after Katrina, uh, thinking as yeah. the people were on the roof and thinking that they're probably, and this is like 12, 14, 24 hours after the levee had broke and they're already talking about gas stations and the, and the gas getting into the water. And so they probably had like a six hour window where they could have gotten relatively not safe water, but not contaminated with uh, chemicals and they could have, uh, been survived indefinitely unfortunately on the hot roofs, but you know, they would have at least had yeah. pure water. Yeah. We had just come moved back from Europe and uh, we didn't, we, we didn't really have TV for a while, but then we seemed to have TV for, I don't remember the reason. And every night we would look at what was happening and I would be practically yelling at the television, look at all that trash around you. And you're saying you can't survive. You're kidding. <laughs> but it's ability to think. That's the thing, isn't it? Reuse and repurpose. So, yes. so is is solar cooking um, this this phenomenon? The solar cooking we mostly hear about it in third world nations, you right. know, primarily. Um, so, what are some of the applications there? And then, what are some of the applications domestically? You know, in a first world nation. 
Sure. Well, uh, I just interviewed a guy from my channel on a, a forum where we had uh, a couple dozen people around the world, Martin Olthoff, who set out parabolics in uh, the Bhutanese refugee camps in Nepal yeah. uh, 15, 20 years ago. And literally, they were able to document that it stopped deforestation in its tracks, because as soon as they moved in, they started mm -hmm. having to collect the firewood, and, and they really were kind of stuck there. So it just would have been a few years later, they would have had no forest, they would have been, you know, half a day to go get it. Uh, but they were able to distribute, I believe it was 7,000 of these cookers for uh, about 100,000 refugees. And that was enough to, to uh, cook for them during the nine or 10 months when they had almost, uh, almost total sun. Uh, so that's, that's the first and foremost, I tell people, you want to stop deforestation. That's the, the very first best solution. Um, unsafe drinking water uh, in uh, various developing countries where they do not have uh, water plants, they don't have, uh, they can't really rely on it, even if they do have it. Um, any water source, uh, rain is obviously the best, but if they've got a stream or even a a murky pond, uh, they can pasteurize that water and at least uh, have safe water. Um, so that's one. There's a, there's a, um, they talk about refugee camps. Uh, there's a huge one in Kenya, the Kakuma refugee camp. Mm -hmm. I remember when I first got involved with Solar Cookers International and got their newsletter and the one headline was uh, solar cookers prevent rape and i thought okay now they've gone oh, off on yeah. the on the the far fringes <laughs> yeah. but yeah. read the article no absolutely true these are these are refugee camps are not very far from the real violent conflicts going on and the women in particular are, are particularly vulnerable and so being able to say you can stay in the camps you're safe here and you don't need to go get firewood you don't need to walk 15 miles in and the kids maybe being recorded re, uh, recruited into being child soldiers the whole, all the yeah. horrors that it can it can prevent so uh, those are just the three that are just the most visceral needs uh, out there uh, for here it's energy independence is probably the first thing mm -hmm. uh you know it's, it's it's still free uh solar thermal these most of these cookers that you can get commercially are solar thermal some of them have a backup heating pad where if the sun the clouds roll in or night rolls in you have to keep cooking you can plug them in and turn them on and you can keep cooking um there are other hybrids out there. There's a guy in Indiana who has a big barrel. He's converted into a box cooker uh, with 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 uh, big reflectors, but he's also added a rocket stove off to the side that I've sends the that. flue into the middle and then out the top. And it's it it's so efficient that when it gets out the top, it's still got flames coming out, so he can cook on the inside from the heat from the pipe and the other. So if he so if he has to cook with wood, it's very efficient and he can cook for well more than a more than a family. Uh, and that's in Indiana. He does do that overseas as well. But uh, here it's it's primarily knowing that you don't have to uh, turn on your gas range, which we are finding uh, the word has come out. It has always been not as clean burning as as we've been led to believe as clean as it is. And I live in a very drafty old 1899 fixer upper house where we never have accumulated carbon monoxide and so forth but still you know you're there at the stove and and uh, breathing this stuff in well when it's sunny we try to get out and cook every chance we get and uh anyway well luther let me interrupt here just for a second to remind everybody you are listening to when the biomass hits the wind turbine with jay and annie warmke reminding <laughs> you it is indeed the end of the world as you as we know it Thank God. Thank God. So let's end the way we cook, right? The slash and burn. Yeah. So we're joined here um, with Luther 
Kruger, and uh, Luther is our our leading expert on solar cookers. So, Annie's right, but Annie, I, I do have something saying. I want to say because okay. you brought up a health issue, and uh, I think this is across the board, whether you're in a developed country or an, an underdeveloped country, and that is that most of the people doing the cooking are the women. And so whether they're gathering wood and facing sexual assault or breathing in the, the smoke, and it's an issue for those of us who cook where we're using gas or anything like that. So it's a huge health issue, really. So I think solar cooking has a, a great benefit. And also for me as a farmer, um, I when I was tearing down barns um, and also when I was building the house out of trash, I fed the men that worked for me every day from the solar cooker and they became great fans of it because it was just heating up leftovers, but they just felt it was so great because they never ate a fit lunch in their life, I don't think. <laughs> and suddenly they were eating real food and uh, the novelty of the solar cooker helped them to ingest a lot more vegetables than they normally would have. So, Well, I wanted to relate. Um, we did a project, Blue Rock Station did a project with solar cookers with the local fifth grade. And I was uh -huh. just thinking something like this is something that could be done nationwide to raise awareness. But what we did is we made about a hundred couch potato solar ovens is just what we call them. Just want to say 150. 150 of them. Yeah. Okay. I knew it was a long time, but anyway, <laughs> it was a lot. We, we called it the couch potato solar oven because we used a beer box uh, a pizza box for the top. We cut out with some saran wrap. We used some old uh, newspaper uh, it as was insulation. was an oven cooking bag, those clear oven cooking bags yeah. we used for the window. And and then, of course, it was really, it cost like $1.50 to make these things. And, and the kids decorated them with whatever they wanted to decorate. But then we had 150 of them out in the parking lot at the school, and they were all cooking cook out in the sun. And yeah. we were doing like nachos yeah. and stuff because we didn't want them all to accuse us of giving them botulism or something, you know. So, well, they so it was made something either, either salsa or, um, oh, what's the other thing? India. Uh, chutney. Chutney. And they could decide what they were going to make. So that way they had something fresh. And they loved it. They were so excited the to parents, see how hot. The yeah. parents weren't all that keen on it. They wouldn't They're try like, any of the food. It's nachos for <laughs> crying out loud. They thought it was the weirdest thing. I have had kids. So this is a while ago, but I have had kids as recently, well, they're grown up now, as seven years ago, stop me at the grocery store and say, Miss Annie, Miss Annie, I still have my cooker. And sometimes I heat things up in it in the yard. I, I mean, nice. it's just the most brilliant thing. And those kids were so excited, just really excited about the whole project. Sure. Well, that reminds me of my first, the first cooker I built was from uh, Cooking with the Sun by the Hallisey uh, couple. They were oh, both yeah. uh, solar engineers. And and I just put it in with an empty pot and I see the thermometer going up to 280. And so I opened the window and I grabbed the pot with my bare hand because my, oh, my, my brain is not thinking Energy uh -huh. is energy. Heat is heat, yeah. and that's I think that's what the adults need is they tell them that. Oh, just grab the pot if you're if you're really concerned <laughs> about if it's not hot enough to kill germs. Oh, they'll they'll be believers. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they were worried about that, but that's a good thing. I think they were mostly worried about that it was weird it and was something neat. they'd never heard about, and it involved vegetables and fruit. And there was no drive-through window. Yeah, that's no, no this is true. Fries. In no fact, a, a lot of the people I've interviewed, they've said uh, they've said they think people don't uh, 
don't understand solar cooking because they just don't understand cooking anymore. People don't cook that's as much right anymore. There. I mean, the microwave heats up something that's already cooked, you know. But yeah. they like to say Americans like they don't use their kitchen to cook in. They use it to heat things up in. And yeah. this is the perfect slow cooker. It doesn't take any effort or energy. You just got to start early. So. Yes. Well, uh, you you had indicated that, that there is a community scale aspect to all of this. We've been yes. talking about within your household, and and if you expound on that a little bit. But I was also thinking, um, are there other applications? You know, that can this can go to like grain drying, herb drying, um, things of that nature. That that we may as well use that energy instead of fossil fuel energy. Absolutely. Uh, one of my visits was to the Kerr Cole Sustainable Living Center in Arizona, where that's exactly what they did is every possible application of solar energy from the solar panels to solar cookers. They had a through the wall oven. Barbara Kerr designed one that just attached to the wall with the, oh. the equator facing <laughs> window, you know, so they could she would cook from the as soon as the sun came up till when it came out. That was just a uh, a box cooker, but they, she designed a solar dryer that can dry, you know, tons of uh, herbs and vegetables and fruits uh, through the whole season. As you pick them, throw them in, you can barely dry them fast enough before the next load is in there, but you have bushels of uh, dried uh, fruit, fruit, uh, vegetables, so forth. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what there's is, all that. What What is the link for that? Well, the uh, Kerr Coles, I don't know what their link is, but the Kerr, K-E-R-R, yeah, Barbara Kerr and uh, it was uh, her partner. Um, they both set it up, man, 40 years ago. She's like, right, uh, if you saw familiar. the, yeah, mm -hmm. last night there was the uh, uh, Maria Telkas uh, documentary. They called her the Sun Sun Queen uh, into solar energy in the 40s and 50s. And, well, this is Kerr Cole kind of carried the torch for that. And uh, mm -hmm. it's been maintained by a nonprofit to keep that going. Well, a couple in in uh, New Mexico replicated just about everything they did, and I was able to see it firsthand. Uh, practically a walk-in uh, vegetable dryer, where she said we we reached the point where we almost need another one because you harvest so much stuff when you manage what little rainwater they have. They get like eight inches a year there in in New Mexico, yet they're able to use it uh, to do this. Grow, grow enough verbs and herbs and vegetables to keep the dryer full. Yeah. So, if yeah. You, if you look at climate adaptation, the science studies, there are a number, like 20, 20 different studies that have gone into a lot of the data that's uh, uh, being looked at by particularly forest farms right now, but um, or forest land or forest foresters. Um, anyway, but there's, a, what you're talking about is where we have to go, you know, with what we're doing, because if we look at the, um, extreme weather events, and then we also look at, uh, the amount of precipitation minus or more, um, sure. we, we've got to move indoors and we've got to move a lot of things that we need to be dried and preserved in some way. Absolutely. When uh, Jay mentioned the community uh, volume cookers, you know, the there's several yeah. in development right now. One in uh, France, uh, they've developed the light fire. Or actually, I think it's it might be uh, uh, Denmark or Sweden. I don't know in Europe, <laughs> and uh, it's it's basically a parabolic only broken up into several mirrors at the end of a trailer, and on the trailer over the wheels is a 
just a big box cooker, uh, but it'll hit in the five to 600. It's a pizza oven uh, heat range, uh, this <laughs> oh, thing. Wow. And they can do eight, 10, 12 loaves of bread at a time easily, you know, dozens of pastries. And uh, just a, a few days ago, the Consul Foods Conference, people in Portugal did a webinar on a bakery in Normandy, France. Uh, and the speaking to another benefit is you get to know the cycles the weather cycles, the climate cycles, uh, the day, the sunrise, the sunset cycles. And this guy pointed out, we might have three days of clouds, but if we have three days of sun, we can build up our inventory. You know, this bread is not going to go moldy overnight, you know, as long as we make enough to keep track of it and, and uh, we get enough orders to keep it keep it running. It's a profitable business. And uh, when he, he points out to businesses that are considering it, well, so, you know, you might only save 10, 20% on your energy costs. Well, that starts to stack up when you're running a, a, a big kitchen, you know? So, yeah. Um, and there's several of those in development. There's a fellow in uh, Lesotho, Ivan Yaholnitsky. It's just an aluminum tube about eight inches in diameter, mm. maybe six feet long, trough reflector. And they uh, do little loaves of bread that they hand to kids that are walking to uh, school past their uh, compound wow. uh, every day. And uh, he's got a little, uh, you can get the plans from him. I saw it at uh, the Portugal conference in 2020. And uh, I told him I'm going to hire a second story man to burgle his uh, compound and get that for my collection. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm too lazy to build it myself. But yeah. uh, but anyway, there's, there's just so many uh, cool things happening with solar cooking these days. Well, has, has there been any um, resistance or downside to all of this? Because it seems to me like there should be none, but there always is some somewhere. Well, Yes. And I, uh, one of my guests, uh, Susan Regali, she's a chef in the Los Angeles area and a caterer. And the weird thing is, is the county of Los Angeles won't let her cook with her son oven villager, which is a big community cooker. 40, 50 loaves of bread at a time can fit in it. They won't let her bake for her cafe, the Humble Bee Restaurant in Resita. But they leave her alone for her catering. Why? Well, because that's a private event. I guess apparently they aren't concerned about her poisoning people at a private <laughs> event with food poisoning but you know but but they're really worried about you know this rest, is just an it's and i think it's because in the code they probably don't have anything about regulating heat in a solar cooker and whereas they, they have all sorts of rules about gas and electric ranges and wood stoves for for you know pizza ovens and so forth so there's a, it's a lot of ignorance really i don't think any uh uh like the county of los angeles they would be uh, they would tend to be a lot more progressive, I'm sure, than other areas. And you'd think they would follow the lead of cities in France that are letting solar uh, solar restaurants. Uh, yeah. We're going to the conference in, in Spain. They're finally opening it up again, uh, Console Foods. And on the way there, we're driving to Marseille, where Le Presage restaurant is a solar restaurant. And the guy has already said, just name the date and he'll book a table and I can set up my cameras and, and so forth. He's got a solar restaurant because uh, he's cooking away with wow. all these all these different ways. There's a chef in Washington, D.C. that actually has a sun oven, just that box commercial box oven. And he gets a, a little battery powered uh, smoker that he blows smoke in to do one of his specialty uh, oh, meat dishes. Cool. Uh, so yeah. people adapt and somehow he's he's either getting away with it and 
no one's told the authorities <laughs> or or he's or just doing, or they said we don't care you know just go ahead uh, okay but, well well luther in the last 30 seconds why don't you shamelessly plug your your podcast, podcast. Uh, yes we uh, want to hear it sure uh well it's on youtube and it's uh the big blue sun museum of solar cooking but if you just look up solar cooking museum youtube slash uh, at sign solar cooking museum. That's, uh, that's my channel, but you want to learn everything else about solar cooking. Don't Google solar cooking, go to solarcooking.org. That's the wiki that solar cookers international has set up. Everything you want to know about solar cooking is there commercial models, DIY people involved so forth. That's okay. Great. We'll have all great. that in the notes when okay. it gets put, when the podcast posted. Okay. Great. Well, you've been listening to when the biomass hits the wind turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. We want to thank our solar cooking guest there, Luther Kruger. Thank you very much, Luther. We want Thanks. to thank our always heated by the sun Emmy award winning producer, Adam Rich. <laughs> Poor Adam. <laughs> and we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is... Play nice with others, Jay. Clean up your own mess for heaven's sake and eat some veggies for once. All right, cooked in a solar cooker. All right, yes. so until uh, next time, bye-bye. You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at blueRockStation.com. Blue